For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 165. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. Coming in hot, we have uh, a lot to talk about regarding Newcastle United. Before our upcoming Monday match against Chelsea, uh, a lot of news. We'll cover uh, a a departure, we'll cover uh, some injuries, we'll cover Chelsea, we'll cover odds and ends, some just random updates that involve Newcastle United. And we'll do that in a beautiful, hopefully hilarious and consuming fashion as you listen to this glorious episode that we have here today. You give me a follow at NUFC underscore Greg. You follow the podcast at CHN underscore podcast and the main account at Coming Home NUFC. But most importantly, and get your Twitter out now, you must follow the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom at Elijah underscore Newsom. How are you, Elijah, this fine evening? Um, we're fooling. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about other sports teams in my life, but you know, we're bulling. Um, just yeah, straight bulling, bull nation. Excited that I don't have to like wake up to agony this weekend, you know? Yeah, dread, which again, like, I haven't really woken up dreading a Newcastle match in like the past two matches, so yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but um, we've had a, we've had a little bit of a break from that. But, like, again, it is – we are playing Chelsea next week, so um, I'm not penciling that in as a win, especially with the fact that Chelsea uh, – apparently they're good, and it's news to me. And the fact that Newcastle doesn't have a back line that we'd be playing in this match. Oh, you know, maybe Kieran Clark and Federico Fernandez will be back. <laughs> yeah. Clark well, will be back. Um, He's, he'll be fine. He'll be back. Well, Elijah, we have to get started on somewhat of a summer note. Yeah, we not do. somewhat, definitely. Yeah, it's it's sad. So we're gonna cue the music now. Mm. Mm. Once again, Newcastle faithful, we have taken a loss. Yeah, as Akrof Lazar has left Newcastle United, our loved fan favorite, extraordinaire, Moroccan sensation, national team player. Akraf Lazar, um, not only has he left with mutual consent from the club, but just to put the dagger to our hearts even more, he signed with Watford. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's agreed to a deal, undergone the med- medical, and uh, we are unfortunately going to have Akraf leave us, and the Instagram posts will be no more. Instead, it will be black and yellow instead of black and white. With a little bit of red in it. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts on this terrible moment in CHN radio history? I'm really and truly going to miss the highlights that Alcroft Lazar would post of himself in training with the U23s. Yeah. Um, making appearances on the bench for the Moroccan national team. Yeah, that was, was that was that was a, a time. Um, that was only a couple months ago, Greg. It's time flies. He yeah. got that emergency call up into the Moroccan national team and then proceeded to post multiple videos of him just on the bench. I, and you would think that this guy is messy, but he's not. Um, but certified Instagram influencer, unfortunately leaving the club. Um, let, let's be real, man. It's tough, but... Um, he didn't. He didn't put the club first. He was an influencer first and a footballer second. 
that's how he'll be remembered here at Newcastle. It's a sad day. Um, definitely miss the pictures. Very cute family, by the way. Cute family. Yeah, adorable family. Yeah. Um, he had 10 appearances with Newcastle's mm-hmm. first team. No goals, no assists, but he is a defender, so that's fine. And then he had uh, nine appearances with the 23s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 19 total club appearances in the first team in his, I don't know how many years. Oh, since four, four years. Four years. Almost four, three and a half years at the club. Uh, what man will we miss him as a player? Yeah. What a ball. Uh, so we'll do a, a moment of silence, a podcast moment of silence for the one, the only, the Moroccan sensation, Akraf Lazar. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know why Watford. I don't. What are they getting from him? I I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought it was going to go to like a Serie B. Like if you cannot, he was struggling at a Serie B team, and so I just feel like I don't. I mean, I don't know what you see in him. To like, I wrote that when he was leaving. I was like, it's just very odd that he would leave, and because he's, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's not odd that he would leave. It's just odd that Watford were like. Yes, let's staff up. And I'm sure they probably have some sort of injury crisis, and that's why they've signed them. But, like, geez. Oh, God. Uh, not doing well in Serie B is not – that's not a good sign for the future of your career. He's made 46 – 41 – 41 appearances since uh, August 13th, 2017. <laughs> and that's across Sheffield's Wednesday, Consenza, Cal, Cal- – Casio, Benevento, U23s, and Newcastle United. That's not good. No. <laughs> so that's really bad. Because, like, that's like a – I don't know. That's, I don't even know what the totals would be because, like, what is that? How many Premier League games are 38 games or something like that? Yeah, 38. So that's, like, over 120 just Premier League matches. He he hasn't – like, that's just considering just league matches, he's only made 40. We're not even including cup matches – or the fact that he's played U23 matches. Like, if you want to include all possible matches he could have appeared in, it's probably, like, closer to, like, 200. And out of those 200, he appeared 40. That's not, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so rip to you. Mm. Akraf. Um, okay, next thing. Let's, let's talk about injuries. Um that we should actually just do the music for the injuries <laughs> yeah, <gosh>. because, <laughs> because this is bad too. Uh, so it looks like, it looks like Fabian Char's done, uh, probably done for the year. It looks like his injury is not recoverable. Um, so that will be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later because there's contract issues with that, but um, we're still waiting to hear more on Javier Minkio, at least I am. Yeah. And, uh, Callum Wilson. Have you heard any new updates on that, Elijah? Um, uh, Callum Wilson seems to be a hamstring thing, uh, so um, which that's been a nagging issue for him. Hopefully we're looking – I would imagine because he says he wants to get back ASAP, which means I feel like it's something he's already had before this season, like a nagging injury. So when he's good to go, he's good to go. Uh, so I would think Cal misses the next game and maybe the game after that, but it doesn't seem like it's a torn hamstring or anything like that. Maybe some sort of hamstring strain. Haven't heard anything like you said on Mankio, but all we're hearing, all we've heard from Mankio is that it's an ankle injury and that it's bad. So <laughs> it does not sound good uh, regarding Mankey as uh, Steve Bruce calls him. Uh, so I, I don't, I have not heard anything there. Um, I think Jamal LaSalle's could be close to returning um, somewhat. Uh, oh, I'm hearing that he isn't expected to play in this match. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to play in this match, but I think that he is, uh, he's trying to get his fitness back up. And he same thing with Callum Wilson. He's got a hamstring thing. So he's looking at like a mid to late February return, maybe the Man U match, I'd imagine, for LaSalle's. Um, and but Federico Fernandez, it looks like he could be available, and this uh, fingers crossed could be available for Chelsea. And Kieran Clark should be available. Um, I, I just yeah, 
I'm assuming that he had his child. I don't follow him on Instagram. He doesn't seem like the type to post on Instagram when anything in his life happens. So I'm just assuming that whatever happened, happened. Uh, and so, yeah. So we should have at least Karen Clark back. And so you got Karen Clark and Isaac Hayden with likely Emil Kraft and Jamal Lewis as your back line, which isn't bad, hold but on, it's not on, good. <clears throat> you said that you don't follow Karen Clark on Instagram and he doesn't seem like the one to post on Instagram. Yeah. Karen Clark has one Instagram post and he has 81 followers and his post was from September 26, 2018. And it was a picture of him and Paul Dummett. <laughs> that cannot, are you sure that's the real Kieran Clark, like Instagram? Like, is it verified or is it just like some guys? No, just... It is not verified. Uh, but let me look. Cause I feel like he's, he's oh, tweeted. Uh, he's tweeted okay, this, before. This is better. I found one Karen Clark. It says it's 2,186 followers. And it was okay. Yeah, it's his. It, this is his. It's not verified, but it's his. And the last post was January fourth. Okay. He okay. said yesterday it was mixed feelings. Always just sad and disappointing to not get three points. We'll be back even stronger in a new competition in a few days. Happy to be able to make my hundredth game for Newcastle United. It is interesting hearing uh, how like so you're still people... right. He doesn't post. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, you look. D- does Karen Clark's Twitter I mean, uh, header photo all is of still picture on Instagram? That's, that's hilarious. That's uh, no one can see this, Greg. I just want you to know this. I know. I'm just yeah. Karen Clark's last Twitter post, uh, and this is his official Twitter post. Um, he retweeted something on May seventh from Sport Bible, and before that, he. <laughs> He tweeted out a statement from the NHS. I'm sure from like the players union for the UK players, everyone tweeted this. He tweeted this out uh, on April 8th, 2020. So um, yeah, his Twitter header is still a picture of him in the championship uniform and his profile picture is when he signed for Newcastle, of course, with the old Wonga championship uniform. So Karen Clark, not a big social media guy. No. That was all right. We we wasted some time there, but I feel like it was worth it to get to the bottom of that. We have learned nothing, though. Uh, we have learned that he's a, a family man, and congrats to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next thing is oh yeah, and you mentioned Federico. He's probably going to play. Um, one thing I just wanted to mention is Florian Lejeune. Um, it they made they revised their Premier League squad, and Florian's not on it, so I don't think they can use it. Is what I the understanding I got, but um, Kel Kel Watts is still on it, so he could be recalled from Plymouth, and that's pretty much it. Uh, apparently, the only reason is because he's not. He's not old enough. Like, so he could be he, – I mean, sorry. Co-ops is not on it, but he's under the age so where he could be recalled and brought in. Let's hope it doesn't get to that level. Um, I think also the Chronicle were saying that the the Newcastle could have triggered the release, like, outright to, before, it set, before they could set – I guess before they reset their rosters. They could have triggered his release in January, and since they didn't, in addition to what you just said in terms of reshuffling the Premier League roster, there's just literally no chance unless, like, they made an appeal to the Premier League board, which, again, they could, and it could potentially work, especially because it's a COVID season, and obviously you can look at Newcastle's back line and see that they clearly have injuries, but they won't. That's the thing. Is like Steve Bruce doesn't seem interested in bringing back Florian Lejeune, um, yeah. and – that's a Bruce thing. Like it's, he's never really liked Florian Lejeune, even though Florian Lejeune has saved his ass multiple times, does not, has never really seemed to like him. And mostly due to his own mismanagement of Florian Lejeune, when Florian came back from his long-term injury, Steve Bruce decided, and this is something we've seen happen this season. Even he decided the best thing to do when this player is coming back from a long-term injury is to play him and start him and play him through the full 90 in, like, five straight matches. I remember doing the preview when he came back and us being like, 
he got named to the bench. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe he'll make an appearance or whatever. And then the next game he started. And it was like, why? Like, he literally has not played a single minute of Premier League football in a year, and he's starting. Like, what the heck? So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's That's a Bruce thing. Fortunately for us, it's not like a Mikel Marino situation where it's like, oh, this player has the potential to be special or blah, blah, blah. It's more of a it's annoying due to the Newcastle injury situation. We wouldn't be talking about this. And I stood by this. I said this from the beginning of the year. It's not a big deal because like in the grand scheme of things, Newcastle have a lot of center backs and we're not talking about this. If like, we don't have all these freak injuries as Steve Bruce is calling them and saying that they are. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, Elijah, let's uh, let's start training. Maybe we can do a couple of sprints and fly out to Newcastle, quarantine, and we'll be ready to go. Yeah, or you could just do uh, what Steve Bruce should do and just play Andy Carroll at center back for the memes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the contract situation. So one of the things I wanted to mention is um, Fabian Chair. We'll start with him. So obviously his injury rumored – could take him out for the rest of this year. So his contract is up and he, so it's going to be interesting to see what we do with him. A um, couple other players, I'll just name who they are. And then Elijah, I'll, I'll let you take it from here is we have uh, Andy Carroll's contract is up. Dwight Gale, Federico for Nope. Wait, this is, he got an extension. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jacob Murphy too, right? Yes. And Kristen Atsu uh, also, along with Henri Saive. So, Henri Saive, I think that's another player who potentially could get an early release uh, yep. situation. Uh, I mean, he, if I were Henri Saive, I'd, I'd do that. I mean, depends um, on how much money making, though. <laughs> he's making a lot of money, and he's got less appearances than Akroff Lazar. Yeah. Uh, which is what he does have that goal. He's that one goal in the cup match. Uh, congratulations. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Henri Saive, I, I honestly think that we're going to be doing a, a in memoriam for him within the next three weeks. Oh, don't uh, break my heart. Very clearly not one at Newcastle. Multiple times. Steve Bruce has said he's not Premier League quality, like just publicly to the media. Like I remember last summer, he was just like, yeah, we've got players that we're trying to get rid of because they're not Premier League quality. And it's just like, Jesus, that's rough. And then when he called up Christian Atsu, he said, and I quote, uh, the decision was easy between calling up Christian Atsu or Henri Saive to the 25-man mm-hmm. roster. And it was like, everyone else was like, was it easy? Because at this time, remember, Newcastle just like literally had like a bunch of issues in the midfield. And I would say probably the position they were most solid at was like, oh yes, we have a ton of wingers. Like we don't <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, we've got Alan St. Maxman, we got Amaro and Jacob Murphy and Ryan Fraser. I think that we're fine at winger. Um, well, get ready for the uh, uh, Akroff. I mean, uh, oh, recipes. Oh, and so, Matt Ritchie. I forgot uh, Matt Ritchie's technically not to as center back. Is the yeah, next that's true. So um, I think Save is gone. Christian Atsu, there's, I mean, he was a good, he was a good serviceman to the club. I think people wanted him to get this call up to the Premier League squad to finish out his time here at Newcastle. And yeah, you know, sure, why not? I mean, he's fine, but I definitely see those two not getting re-signed. Um, Dwight Gale, I would hope Newcastle does some sort of extension at a minimum to uh, like make some money off of him. But if yeah. Dwight Gale doesn't know Newcastle anything. Like they've, they've, I think out of all of the three, it's like the four years since relegation or whatever, four or five years since relegation, I think that has been the situation that has been handled probably the worst because Dwight Gale had a market for him multiple times and was not at the time. I mean, and sometimes with Rafa, like he was still a part of the team, but last year it, it was, it was a bit ridiculous. Like there was a moment where he had offers for like 15 mil, uh, in January and, and Newcastle refused to sell them because they're like, Oh, we need a replacement, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Like, yes, you do. But like, also there were deals early on in the window. And that's like something that you could have sorted. You had the whole window to do so. And it was pre COVID. So there was nothing really technically not pre COVID, but pre COVID in a financial 
uh, standpoint. Um, there was like, you could have figured it out and uh, there's just, he's could have been sold for 15, 20 mil. And instead of doing anything that would appreciate his value, his value is just continued to depreciate in Newcastle. And every time he's come onto the pitch, nearly every time he's come onto the pitch, he's been a productive member. He's scored or assisted uh, and he still does not get playing time. Uh, and so I don't know if I'm Dwight Gale, I just kind of, sign on a free wherever and uh because there's no reason to stay at newcastle but i think they'll try to resign him he's probably priority number one or two fabian yeah. share should get another contract uh i mean i'm not all in on newcastle signing older center backs but they're going to and i'm fine with them uh having uh Fabian share because one, there's still probably a market for Fabian share out there. Like you can definitely still sell Fabian share, maybe not so much Karen Clark or Federico Fernandez, but you could probably get a decent amount of money for Fabian share. And two, like he's actually legitimately been quite good this season uh, outside of this, of course the injury, but um, he's been, he's been solid. Uh, and then I guess the last one, who is that? Is that it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just ran, ran through it. Yeah. So in, done. Yeah. In summary, Fabian Scher and, and Dwight Gale, I expect Newcastle to try to re-sign. I think Fabian Scher will be the only one they re-sign. But Newcastle seriously do need to look at a younger center back. Yeah. Because everyone's up there at age. Yep. Totally, totally agree on all points. Uh all right, Elijah. Well, let's take a break then. Um, and then we're going to go on the other side. We'll do BS meter. We'll do odds and ends. And we'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, it's time for the BS meter. Elijah, what you got this week? Yeah, this is more like uh, maybe stuff for the future and a little bit of like, I don't, it's kind of like buy or sell this rumor, really. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is there were some reports saying, um, with, I know we talked about this, uh, the Hamza Chowdhury deal falling through because Wofford couldn't bring in a midfielder. Um, they were interested in both Longstaff. Sean Longstaff straight up was like, no, no. Um, and he didn't want to move. He also had an offer from maybe Florentina or some, I think a Serie A side or something. That was like a 15 million pound move. And he did not want to leave Newcastle, wanted to stay and fight for the club, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we are now finding out that Watford were also interested in Matty Longstaff, probably more so than any of the other players they were linked to in order to bring in on loan. And it might've been a loan to buy, but I think it was just a straight up loan. And, uh, Apparently, Newcastle Brass uh, refused to negotiate Matty Longstaff because of uh, the whole situation with, um, geez, Udinese, uh, who is the owners of Udinese, also own Watford. And they felt as if that was, I don't know, disrespectful or something like that. Yeah. Greg, uh, your thoughts on, on this rumor? Is there truth to it? No. Definitely not. I I don't think if there if there's a player who is not playing or not doing well in the Premier League, a top half side in Serie A is not going to sign them. That's my thought. Elijah? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh Udinese, it was a free transfer. They're talking about last summer when Matty Longstaff was linked to Udinese. So it was a free agent signing with him. Yeah, I still don't think that's. I don't know. I I'm I think that happened, and he the but I think the offer was low, lower than he thought his market value was, and probably lower than what Newcastle thought he was. I think that is definitely a case because again, you have to remember a lot of hype around Matty Longstaff, and you got to give it the old British bump. So it, even though like we it. know. Huh? Not not as much in Italy. There was a lot of hype around Matty Longstaff as a young British prospect, and people were uh, arms and legs in Newcastle and across the league. People were asking me, 
people and meaning like other fans were like, oh, what's this Maddie Long substitute? Because they had built up this hype, and this is the guy who you score against Manchester United in your debut, and you're playing for Newcastle, blah, blah, blah. I don't, like you said, not in and out, but the hype was definitely there as him being a young English prospect, not to the degree of a Phil Foden, obviously, but yeah. like I think that there was interest from Udinese. I also think that this potentially could have happened because Newcastle like do not know how to conduct business. Like, shut up. I don't, it doesn't matter if, if, if they wanted Matty Longstaff in the past, like you still loan him out. You like loan, like loan, give him play time. Like he's not playing at Newcastle. Like, why would you not loan him out? And yeah. like perfect example of this is Minamito. I think I'm saying that right. The guy who Southampton brought in on loan, Raph Hausen, who will, I can't say this man's name. Ralphie boy wanted to sign this guy and tried to sign him. And he chose Liverpool over them and Liverpool weren't like, Oh, we're not going to loan you out because like you, you wanted this player. Like we're not going to loan him to you. No, they were like, he's obviously not getting play time here at Liverpool. We think he's a solid prospect. He's going to be good. We'd like for him to develop. We're going to loan him out to a team that will play him. And so for that reason alone, I'm going to believe all this. I say no BS because Newcastle are, half-ass backwards club like that is it seems believable yep yeah, yeah. I, I i'm with you it doesn't make sense for maddie longstaff to be in demand by udinese but they're not a good Serie A side and the plan was always it seemed the plan was to essentially sign with udinese and then transfer him to watford and he would be in their academy mm-hmm. but again i digress um, which that low-key makes sense. The other thing, uh, this is just something that I've talked to Greg about this, but the Chronicle wrote up an interesting um, piece about Adam Armstrong, who, as we know, has been tearing it up in the championship. Um, Newcastle have a 40% uh, sell-on clause in his deal, um, which like could come into play this summer. Um, Armstrong's obviously been tearing it up in the championship, and – uh, championship strikers uh, usually get looks at uh, looks from Premier League teams, especially mid to low table teams, because they can get them relatively cheap. Uh, and so the Chronicle are insinuating that one Newcastle can make a little bit of money um, if he gets sold, but if Newcastle are interested, they can sort of activate a part of their forty percent clause to essentially get forty percent off of Adam Armstrong. So they use an example of like fifteen mil is what they feel like his market value could be at this summer and Newcastle get him for 9 million pounds. Um, and so again, taking into consideration uh, what we've seen from Adam Armstrong and what, since he's left Newcastle, uh, like what we've been able to see, it, do you think this is even in the wheelhouse of Newcastle's kind of like transfer policy or do you think like, does it even make sense to bring back Adam Armstrong? I don't know. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts. Uh, no, I don't think it would make sense to bring back Adam Armstrong. He would just rot on our bench. Um, he did start hot. He has three goals in 12 games in the champ in this last 12 games in the championship. Uh, uh, so if you, if you do that, you're not going to make it in the premier league. Uh, Ivan, Tony, we can, we can talk more. He's almost at, he's almost reached, um, Mitrovic's and Dwight Gale's goal scoring numbers already. Uh, but, Adam Armstrong uh, until he like, we'll see how the rest of this second half goes, but um, since, since December, it has not been good for him. Um, I mean, he has three goals in 12, which is fine, but that's not, that doesn't mean like, Oh yeah. Better than all of Newcastle strikers last year. So (laughs) yeah, but it doesn't mean we should spend nine plus million to get a guy back for that. Like we can just keep Dwight Gale. My yeah, my my thing is, is that is two things. One, we did spend nine mil on a guy who had a similar goal scoring record, and he was in Germany. Uh, yeah, but that was top division in Germany, which is better than the championship. So, I'm just saying that Newcastle, they they would do that. Okay. You, you're giving Newcastle a lot of credit with their transfer strategy. I gotta oh, yeah, I'm yeah. asking you, Greg. You got to be a little bit more unrealistic. Uh, I guess you need to be a little bit more realistic in how Newcastle as a club operate. I I don't foresee this happening, but I could see a situation where Newcastle could do some sort of panic deal at the end of the window for Adam Armstrong, knowing that you can get him for less than 10 million pounds, which 
is solid for a backup striker, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's what Newcastle have paid for their backup strikers as of recent, um, except for Andy Carroll, who's making a million dollars or a million pounds to do nothing. Um, I just – I don't really know how you could bring back Andy Carroll after this season. Um, um, it's good he's got his first Premier League goal, but, like, unless he's doing some backroom stuff that has really – I don't know, that that's really been – instrumental uh in in the play of newcastle's forwards which again i highly doubt because it's not like a lot of them have improved on skills that andy carroll all right and going to and then odds and Kyle ends Wilson, now already good we have a birthday so, announcement i don't know you? i just Would you like to give a special the, uh, birthday wish to someone on newcastle united the uh i don't know how to say this i'm not now feliz com- Campagno. I, I don't know it. it's miguel Marone's birthday yeah. i don't know how to say it um feliz navidad that's no, that's Humpianos. happy birthday, Miguel Maroon. Um, also, shout out to him. He did a gender reveal today where he kicked the soccer ball. Would have been really embarrassing if he missed the soccer ball, but he yeah. he he converted the volley and he's having a boy. So, shout out to him. Uh, so there you go. That's your uh, Miguel Almiron uh, odds and ends update. Um, what else we got here? Let's see. He's gonna be a soccer player. <laughs> Um, hope so. Oh, Alan Saint, or sorry, Sam Maximin. Say, yo, he changed it back today to Alan Say Maximin. He just did before bed. Yeah, no, no, but I'll still call him Sam. Sam's Maximin. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there was a um, Newcastle tweeted that their U23 fixture against Sunderland uh, a couple days ago was canceled due to snowfall. Um, which again, like, whatever. And some Sunderland fan said, Sunderland would win anyway, LOL, your team is shit. And Alan St. Maxman quote tweeted that. That tweet got like 177 likes. Pretty funny, blah, blah. Alan, but at the time when Alan St. Maxman quote tweeted this, that tweet had like eight likes. Like this man was lurking. And Alan St. Maxman quote tweeted it and did the meme of the weekend wandering through uh, the uh, mirror maze of mirrors and was like yep. the Premier League calendar looking for Sunderland season after season. And that tweet got 145,000 likes. So, um, yeah, Alan C. Maxman uh, dunking on people. Once again, uh, like, I think it is literally impossible for people to hate Alan C. Maxman. Like, he could, he could, like, flick off the fans and leave, and the fans would still be like, oh, I'm going to miss that lad, St. Maximin. He was yeah. a fun one. He's a character. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's a good dude. Um, also, he is. I guess the only people that hate him are your Sunderland League Oneers. I saw. I saw our local reports brethren at SB Nation did this whole rant about how reporters don't care about Sunderland because they're in League One. And I was like, well, yeah. Like, tell yeah. me the last time you heard anything about Oxford United. Like, <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Roker Report with their 30,000 followers complaining about how they don't have a platform to talk about Sunderland. Give me a break. They've interviewed the owner, like the owners, multiple times. Shut up. Yeah. That's so dumb. That's like when uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that route. I could go a different route, but I'm not gonna go that route. Um, anyway, um, uh, season tickets, Three yeah. Yeah, Newcastle <laughs> on top of the game with the season ticket refunds after a nightmarish. Uh, I wouldn't say on top of the game because I'm pretty sure NUFC Trust was like, "Hey, um, now that we know that there's no, no there's like no chance that fans are going to be playing this season, like, uh, can you start issuing refunds?" So I think that they've started, I guess, what they've called like their kind of second phase of refunds uh, of like doing. I think it's this season. It could not be this season. Doesn't matter, but it's an odds and ends thing. So whatever, like, who cares? Yeah, we're almost approaching a year of COVID nineteen. Elijah, that's crazy to think about. Like, like yeah. not too long, uh, about a year ago, like we were stopping the season altogether, um, which is crazy to think it's already been that long. We're almost through an entire season again of the Premier League since COVID hit. It's wild to think that. Yeah, we're about three or four weeks out yeah. of when everything shut down for real, for real. Because yeah. I know first week of March here, things in the States were still open. Maybe in the UK they might have shut down Premier League like and gone behind closed doors that first week of March. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, I mean, it's kind of it has been a wild year, but these are 
confirmed refunds for this season, 2020, 2021. And the refund window is, uh, is open for that. So I guess that's what it's phase two of refunds because phase one was 2019 to 2020 refunds. And so still not, I think it's a ticket holder basis, like how much they want. They're still like, at least for, um, the, uh, geez, this is stage two for this 2020 to 2021. Geez, they've got so many things, but, um, I think it, it's like a season ticket by season ticket basis. I don't even know why I'm talking about this because the majority of our listeners live in America, so it doesn't matter. And they aren't season ticket holders. So, all right, we're just going to move on to the next thing. Talk about your Syracuse boy. Joe DeGrosa back in the news. Uh, big Syracuse lad uh, famously wanted to buy Newcastle in the midst of the Saudi uh, Newcastle thing. Um, owns uh, was the former owner of Bordeaux. Sold his stake in the club and was going to reinvest on the Premier League club to build a similar structure to the City Group. Of course, the main difference between the City Group has literally billions of dollars in capital, and this guy does not have billions of dollars in capital. Uh, he apparently is trying to now buy 80% stake in uh, Southampton. Um, and uh, the the guy Gao, who's selling his majority shareholder title, um, is selling for 160 million pounds. Joe DeGrosa says that's too high, and wants him to lower that that rate. Um, so that's something to think about. Uh, and while it's, why it's relevant to Newcastle is um, <laughs> his backup plan is to go after Newcastle, which again, yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, because like, I don't know. Newcastle is literally the price tag is literally twice as much as 160 million pounds. And Mike Ashley's probably not budging on that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So there's that. Uh, and it, I don't know for 80%, that's kind of steep. I don't know your thoughts on it. I did look up the Burnley deal. Um, it looks like it's going to, it's 170 million pounds for, full control of Burnley, which is potentially why um, well, it was. No, well, never mind. It was 84% stake was 170 million pounds. So honestly, Gal's pricing is spot on. It's market value. Uh, so DeGrosa just needs to put up or shut up at this point. Yeah. And then kind of moving on on that note, that's also in the takeover because that apparently that group passed the owners and directors test um, at ALK Capital. Um, and they control 84% of the club, but they've taken out a 90 million pound loan or something like that to pay for part of the club. It's basically like if Burnley get relegated, ALK, ALK Capital will have bankrupted the club. So yep. just something to think about. These people did not have uh, enough money to purchase the club. And people are there's people are uh, comparing this to the Glazer takeover. Um but that was a deal way bigger and uh, also like not uncommon for acquisitions in the $1 billion range. Um, well, sorry, it was a 525 million pound sale or something like that, or like 800 million. Pounds. But in total, they've paid back in excess of $1 billion range. And also taking out a loan that high for a club like Manchester United, it's a guaranteed ROI because Manchester United is one, not going to get relegated and two, brand wise is a top five soccer club in the world. So you're going to make money and be able to pay off that loan. And so that it's not, it's apples, to apples. Well, sorry, apples, to oranges in this situation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oh. Thoughts on the Burnley uh, situation. Oh no. Okay, no. good. Yeah. Yeah. People are upset because the owners and directors test, but the premier league is pretty clear with owners and directors test is not a proof of funds test. It's a, it's more of a background check than anything. Um, which I guess like the argument is that you should have caught like the fact that these guys did not have money uh, in your background check. But again, like that was an agreed upon deal between Burnley, those people they were selling it to um, ALCO capital and their bank. So if anything, that's kind of on Burnley for agreeing to a deal that is just so debt heavy. Um, But yeah. uh, Okay. I think that's it for me. Odds and ends. Uh, yeah, just a quick update on U18s. They beat Everton, their first road match of the year. Uh, Dylan Stevenson scored. Uh, we had 
Josh Gilchrist scored and Jay Turner Cook scored and Joe Oliver scored. And also, not only is it happy birthday to Miguel Amron, but happy birthday to Adam Armstrong. Okay. Speaking of the devil. Uh, All right. We're going to take a break. Let's do it. And we'll preview Chelsea now. Let's do it right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Newcastle versus Chelsea. Big one. Three points on the line. (laughs) Uh, And we don't know who is going to be playing in the back line for Newcastle. Uh, Looking at the Premier League table, Chelsea is in fifth place on 39 points. Newcastle's in 16th place on 25. And we have lots of injuries. So uh, we talked about injuries a little bit earlier in the podcast. Elijah, how are we going to line up in this one? What's going on? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because Steve Bruce is going to be forced to do the thing he does not want to do. And he yeah. will have to start one of the long steps. Uh, uh, if he, I think that Newcastle should stick with the four-one-two-one-two or four-four-two diamond. Um, I'm anticipating that we get Kieran Clark back at a minimum, which I've said like at least three podcasts in a row. So I feel like I sound like a broken record, but he should be back, um, which is good. Uh, yeah. Jamal Lewis should probably be playing, and Emil Kraft is going to be serviceable at right back. Um, Isaac Hayden, whether he starts as center back or CDM, that's probably going to be the big question. Um, but he's a competent center back. Um, I think this the issue here for Newcastle is just like what Tuchel has done versus what Lampard did is that the movement from the forwards has been really like tough for teams to to navigate. And so that's going to be a big issue for the back line. It's just even even like even if it's a solid back line with Federico Fernandez and Kieran Clark, it's still just going to be a handful. So it's like. It's unfortunate Newcastle will have their best bodies available. Joe Willock should start. Um, I'm going to go with Matty Longstaff starting. I said that out loud, and I feel like it's going to be Sean. <laughs> it's going to be Sean. I I don't know. I think it'll be Sean. I would like to see Matty start because I think that in this match, you want someone's going to be a workhorse, someone who's going to be willing to press alongside Joe Willock. And you know Shelby's not going to do that. Um, but, uh Yeah. Sure. If if we're starting a long staff, it'll be I'm hoping Maddie, but I think it'll be Sean, and of course Almiron. Uh, I don't think Callum Wilson will play. Uh, so Joel Linton and ASM maybe. Uh, only reason I don't say Dwight Gale is Dwight Gale is a different kind of forward uh, than I think what works for this system. Again, obviously he's going to get you goals, but especially against Chelsea, you will need someone who's going to be able to uh, one of the strengths of this system for Callum Wilson is that you do need someone who is decent in the air. Uh, And Joel Linton, as much as people want to clown him on it, this season has actually been like top 5% in aerial duels one. So um, he's actually quite good in the air uh, because Newcastle will still be hoofing it up a little bit uh, to start some, some attacks. And you do want, a more playmaking minded forward uh, for this particular formation. Callum Wilson is like that. Dwight Gale is more of a pure poacher and it maybe works at the end of matches when you're searching for that goal, but I don't know if at the start. And that's just, that's just my opinion on the matter. If I were Graham Jones or Steve Bruce, I'd probably start Joel Linton for that aerial uh, threat as well, especially since there's probably no one else, maybe Joe Willock who can do that. Maybe Joe will not. Certainly not John Joe. Yeah, don't don't want John Joe going up for 50-50s. He's he's not he's not gonna try. It'll be like 75-25 with John Joe. Yeah. Um so going to Chelsea side, just a couple players to look out for and how Newcastle will win, how they could win. Uh it's interesting because I want to say like Mason Mount would be a player that I would look out for, but their new manager doesn't like to play Mason Mount. Um, so we'll see if that's going to remain the case. Uh, what's going to happen there? If Because, I mean, maybe he just went with the players he was comfortable with, the new manager, doesn't want to play the young guys right away, whatever. Uh, but 
uh, you know, be interesting to see there. Do you have any players? Well, I mean, entire, we would take anybody from Chelsea starting lineup and start them with us. So like, that's kind of an unfair question, but is there a possible chance that Newcastle United wins this game? I'll say this player to watch out for, I think will be Timo Werner. Uh, he's been the, I think, I wouldn't say it's been, he's definitely benefited the most from this, even if it hasn't shown up on the score sheet yet. The amount of space he's been getting into and the amount of space he's creating for others, that is what has made Chelsea quite dangerous. And it's just going to take a little bit for, it, it, he only needs like a couple chances for that to turn into him scoring goals. And if there's a, if there's any team in the Premier League to to get back on track against, it'll be Newcastle. Even though he's played well, um, yeah, I mean, there's a chance Newcastle can take something from it. Uh, Chelsea still, there's still a little bit of rockiness with the new formation, but it has not resulted in them like their their recent form is like win win draw win 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 or something like that. Like so, it has not super affected them uh, in terms of like lost draw win win win, but. Oh wow! Look at me. It was one off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, shout out to me. I just did that off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So I think there's like a chance Newcastle maybe score. Um, again, we're starting to see the bets, the best of this formation. Like that last match should have been four-one, like at a minimum. And so, yeah, like there's a chance Newcastle would score. I think it's going to be three-one Chelsea though. I think it's just like the back line is going to be decimated uh and you're dealing with just more clinical players than uh we did with Southampton and honestly like Southampton could have scored a couple chances and there were some insane blocks and some insane defensive plays but at the end of the day like you just put your money on the fact that Chelsea have better attacking players than Southampton and like the chances that you know Southampton players weren't able to convert the Chelsea players will and it's no offense to Southampton. Like Danny Ings and Che Adams are, are really good. So good yeah. that Danny Ings might be at Man City next season. Who knows? Uh, but I just, I don't know. Chelsea, I feel like they'll, they'll, I wouldn't say they'll have their way. It'll be entertaining for Newcastle fans, but I think that it, it won't be a win. Yeah. Uh, so going to predictions now, 538. They are predicting that Chelsea wins by a significant margin. Only, two teams have a better chance of winning than Chelsea. And that's by 1% in Manchester United beating West Brom and 1% Man City beating Spurs. Uh, they have Chelsea with a 70 76% chance to beat Newcastle United, oh. 17% chance to draw and a 7% chance that Newcastle United wins this match. I am coming in hot with a three to one Chelsea win. Elijah, what you got? I said three to one Chelsea win. I'm gonna stick with it. I think that seems fair, and I do think though it won't be a win. It won't be a loss that Newcastle fans feel hopeless about. I think there'll be chances, but I think it's just like you've got a better tactician with better talent coming up against a person who's just discovered tactics. It seems for the first time with a lot of injuries. So um, yeah. if I were Newcastle, like I wouldn't be upset about this loss i think what could happen though is that you could see newcastle kind of roll over but even even against palace and people will have their complaints even against palace they seem to at least be wanting to go for it so hopefully that that mentality stays and that they're still working hard and pressing and and all that good stuff but there's still like holes in this formation that can be exploited and the best players will and managers will exploit those holes i mean that's why they get paid so much is that you know you can do whatever the hell you want to try to slow down Kevin De Bruyne, uh, but sometimes he'll just be Kevin De Bruyne, and he will just he'll make something out of nothing. And Chelsea have those types of players. Yeah, totally. Well, all right. Well, um, you got anything else? No. All right. Well, it. then that is going to conclude episode one sixty five of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn close in the land, Elijah Newsom. And let's get three points on Monday in Hawaii the Lads. Love you guys. If I make a few quick bob, it's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. 